Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Get that finger out of your ear. You don't know where that finger's been. What's that? A radio? Radio? It's a radio for speaking. This is Radio Bradley. It's within my reach. Bradley J. Jay talking. WBZ News Radio 1030. Boston's News Radio. You are Jay talking. We're live midnight to five. And it's the return of Kevin Brassler and all the stuff, information he brings with him in regards to his uh, checkbook dot, well, bostonconsumercheckbook.org. How do you do? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for being here. What are we yeah. going to take a look at today? Well, there's a, a lot of things in this this issue, including remodeling contractors. Now, this is local services, kind of like the Consumer Reports for local services. You need something done, you want to find the person to do it, this is your periodical or online periodical. In this, this edition, remodeling contractors, kennels, auto body shops, grocery stores and delivery services, gyms and fitness centers, home security strategies, which we will get to, uh, locksmiths, auto glass repair shops, medic alert devices, which we will all also get to. We're not going to talk about all those. We're going to start with things that revolve around aging in place. Yeah, yeah. This is a a a, a growing movement of uh, people who are are aging and and say, you know, I, I don't I don't want to have to go to senior housing. I don't want to have to move in with my kids. I don't want to have to move into assisted living. I want to stay in my own home and my own neighborhood for as long as I can. And so uh, there's lots you can do to, to do that, but you have to prepare. Uh, one thing you have to do is you have to make your home physically ready for you to do that. If you're living on more than one level, you might need an elevator or a chairlift. Uh, you might need to equip your bathroom with grab handles and stuff to make sure you don't fall. Uh, and, and also part of it is, you know, in addition to kind of physically improving your home so that you can age in place there, uh, it's you know building up social networks uh, so that you know a, a big problem a lot of seniors have is that that they they kind of live alone and they are alone they don't have a, they're not going to work every day anymore or, or they may get to the point where they can't you know do volunteer activities and so they need some way uh, just to kind of socialize and they might need help getting around and so another thing we write about in this issue in addition to kind of things you need to do to prepare your home or things you need to do socially uh, which may include joining. Uh, what's called an elder village. Uh, this is a, a concept that that actually started right here in the Boston area with Beacon Hill Village. Uh, it's a group of people who said we want to age in place. We want to age here in our community, and so they've they've banded together in lots of different neighborhoods and communities. Have banded together to really act as you know self support. They either they're hiring people to help their people who are members, or they themselves volunteer to help each other out to to get them to places they need to go and get them the help they might need within their homes. Beacon Hill Village, is that a building? No. So it, some of these places might have kind of a, I, I don't want to call it a clubhouse. They might have a community center they use where they gather together. Uh, but these village, the village concept is really 
it surrounds the community as a whole. So seniors in that community in Beacon Hill can join that village or uh, seniors in, in wherever, Newton, may join the Newton village. Uh, and usually there's a fee. Usually it's, uh, you know, I, sometimes it's, it's fairly expensive, but what you get for that fee, that $1,000 a year or whatever it is, uh, is a lot. You get transportation to grocery stores. You get uh, community education events. You get help with chores around your home even. Uh, and, and, you know, what you get and what's available varies tremendously uh, from village to village. Uh, but as a concept, it's something that's growing pretty quickly. Here in the Boston area, for example, there's already you know, 15 of these elder villages. And, and so getting back to what we've done here is we've described kind of how all that works. And if there isn't one for you, how you can, in your community, you can create your own. Uh, but also we've kind of tracked down as many of these places as we can and, and, and shared what their costs are and what services they offer uh, and things like that. What services do they offer? What, what, it, it, what are the actual hands-on benefits it, of it, having that group of people there? It, it varies tremendously from place to place. Uh, some, With some, it's just a, a big deal uh, for most seniors is just transportation. How do they get to the grocery store? How do they get to church? How do they get you know, wherever they need to go? How do they get to the subway station? Whatever it is. And so a lot of these elder villages are just, it's just about having people available to help with transportation. But, you know, sometimes it's, it's as small as, you know, they'll have people who can read to you or they have people in one community. It's, they don't do much, but they have a kid who's willing to play chess uh, with, with these seniors. And so, but in others, it's a, it's a whole thing where they have a community center where people can gather, they're delivering meals. Uh, there's a lot of technology assistance is a big deal for a lot of these communities. A lot of seniors can't figure out how to get things to work and they'll send people in, uh, with some, they have handy, uh, man services that they have on retainer. That's really important. So, so it's really, it's similar actually to senior housing, except you're in your own home and that with senior housing, some communities have lots and lots of services, including meals. And others have, you know, not much at all. It's a place to stay, and they might have transportation help. And so that's it's similar with with these elder villages. Is it, it's it's something that the the people in that village, it's up to them to kind of figure out what they want to do and what they want to pay for. And do you have a list of towns with villages? We do. So if you go to checkbook.org and, and search for elder villages, you'll see, you know, what we have, uh, what we found here in the Boston area. And then in the other areas, the six other metro areas that the checkbook serves. So, how old do you have to be to get into a, a uh, elder village? It depends. I mean, am some, I old enough yet? Not yet. Well, sometimes. I mean, sometimes they say, "Well, you know, we'll serve anybody in the community," but our focus is on seniors. Um, yeah, these these villages are are largely, uh, you know, run by volunteers. So I'm sure they'd like to have you as a member, Bradley, to help. You know, organize and help organize help them their, out. But their, their in-house with, radio with all, station. <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, uh, but for the most part, they're they're geared towards seniors, and it just depends. I mean, sometimes the 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 service area is quite large, and in other times, it's it's quite small. It's a few blocks. So I sort of wish there were similar villages that you didn't have to be old to be part of. Like they could be motorcycle rider villages. Yeah. Or ex-DJ villages, you know, villages for people who are into certain things. Yeah. Like yeah. a clubhouse for beer, people well, who they, love making beer. Well, I, well, then you should, I mean, you should check out, you know, there's a website called Meetup where you can, yeah. I'm sure you could, you know, find a group that gets together and talks about, you know, being an ex-DJ while making beer. <laughs> All they would do is sit around I, I, I don't and know talk how many about people are gonna how be there. awesome it used to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Okay. It's really cool that you come all the way out here to see us. Like your headquarters is in Virginia or something like yeah, that. It's in right? Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. So Kevin makes a special trip up here about once a month. And in this issue, they really get into aging in place. It's this concept where you do everything you can to set your house up, your home up, so you can stay there as long, long as possible. And you, we talked about some of the things you can do, but in the article, they go room by room, a room by room checklist. What are some of the things room by room? Well, I mean, part of it is just get rid of sharp coffee we, tables. Well, no, well, not toddlers, but I mean, part of it is just, uh, you, you know, a big part of it is uh, eliminating falls. Uh, so having, you know, kind of grab handles in the bathroom and, and showers that are easy to get in and out of. And doorways that are wide enough to accommodate, you know, a walker or a wheelchair or something. Because the idea is that you prepare well in advance of actually needing uh, those things. But that, that, you know, once you're, you've reached that kind of, I don't, I don't, I guess the word would be level of disability that you can still stay in your home uh, because you, you've prepared for it. Um, a, another thing a lot of people are doing these days, a lot of seniors are doing these days, are they're buying uh, these medical alert devices? These I've you know you've seen the ads. There's it's like we joke in the issue that it's like it was like the first viral meme. I've fallen and I can't get up thing where the the woman's pressing the button and Saturday Night Live made fun of it. But these these things have become really big business. I, mean, I think it's like three million people have bought these devices. Mm -hmm. And so as part of our kind of series here in our latest issue on on aging and aging in place issues. Uh, we ordered a bunch of these things. We ordered 11 of these different devices. Our, our undercover shoppers ordered them. They didn't know it was Checkbook getting these things. Uh, and we said, well, we're going to test these things out. And the first thing I did was I called uh, the manager of a 911 center uh, who I got connected to uh, through a friend. And, um, and I said, what do you think about these things? You think, you know, we're thinking about testing them. Uh, we're, we're ordering a bunch. You know, but I'm curious to know what 911 centers think. And he says, Oh, those things, they're a, and then he used a really bad word, menace. And he said that these things, they're terrible. They're always uh, causing all these false alarms for us. They're just a giant headache for 911 center managers. I'm so glad you're going to look at them because what you're going to find is that almost all of them are just terrible and that they delay response as opposed to getting response to you. So you look at the ads for these, these medical alert devices and the ads say, oh, you know, if you're living alone or you're home alone a lot and you're old and you should have one of these things because if you have a medical emergency, you press that button and you're talking to help and we can get you help right away as opposed to having to figure out how to use a cell phone or what if you fall down the stairs and you can't get to the phone. Uh, and the problem, though, is that we found after testing these things is that except for one of the devices, all the different devices we tested really delay getting emergency help to you as opposed to fostering it. You're way better off not having one of these things. I, in fact, I would say that many of these devices that are marketed as being really helpful and they can get help to you, no, no, they're actually dangerous. Uh, they, they present a, a, a safety issue to most of their customers. And, and they present a larger public safety issue because of all the false alarms. Can you explain again so, how it sure. can take longer to get a response? Right. With one of these because things. what they don't tell you is that when you press that button, the ads make it seem like you're talking to 911, that the little device is calling 911 and 911 will get help to you right away. Right. No, what happens is you press the button and the call, these things basically act as little cell phones with only one thing to do, which is press a button when you need help. 
And so the, the device calls the company's monitoring service. So when the monitoring service picks up, then the monitoring service says, you know, what's the problem, Mr. Brassler? You can explain it to them. And if then if you need 911, then they'll call 911 for you, which would work okay. There's always going to be some delay in getting to 911 because you have that interaction. But the problem is when we tested these devices, we found that several of them, the average wait time for their monitoring service to even pick up, that initial pickup for our help, our call for help, mm. was more than one minute. And sometimes, Bradley, it was more than three minutes. We'd press that button and sit there for three plus minutes waiting for these bozos to pick up our call. Uh, and then on top of that, then we had to wait for them to call 911, communicate whatever it is our need was. Uh, the problem is a lot of 911 centers, because these devices have so many false alarms, they treat those incoming calls from the monitoring services as non-emergency calls. So we had to wait again for the monitoring service to wait for 911 to pick up because they, they treated it as a just a regular old non-emergency call. And so sometimes, you know, the time between pressing the button and getting 911 would have been, you know, eight, 10 minutes, which is an eternity in a medical emergency. Uh, 911 centers trained to have people at your door within three, four minutes. Uh, and it was taking three, four minutes sometimes to even get them, their monitoring service, to pick up. So this, these things are a real problem. We, we really go far more into detail in this in our article. Uh, but I think what people need to know is that these things, they present themselves as a solution to a problem that for sure exists. Uh, but I think what a lot of these little devices are doing is they're delaying response. They really are. It's a problem. Uh, that their customers are counting on this as being that this is my emergency beacon. If I have a problem, yes. what they don't know is that it's it's just causing a, a long delay. So the answer would be to have, if you could somehow have your phone with you at right. all times. So, so, you know, one solution is just to have a cell phone. Now, you can't wear a cell phone in the shower. You can't kind of wear it around your house very easily. Uh, but a lot of the cell phones, these some of the cell phones they make these days are really easy to use, even if you're, you know, and, and you or your parent are, you know, just real technophobes. You can still use them. Apple, uh, for for example, its iPhones. Uh, most people don't know this, but if you press the power button five times on your iPhone, it starts calling dialing nine one one automatically. That's what it does. That's what it's programmed to do. Uh, and all phones these days, you don't have to be connected to a service. All phones, you have to be able to make newer phones. You have to be able to make an emergency call, whether it's connected to Verizon or AT&T or Sprint or whatever at all. And so you can use a cell phone to call 911 no matter what. There's also, out of all the devices we tested, we did like one. I don't think it's something most people should buy. I think only a small group of really seniors should think about getting one of these devices if they really need one. But one of the devices we tested we did like it's it's by a company called Great Call. The device we tested was Lively Mobile, and the only reason we like it, first of all, it had the shortest average wait time. The average wait time was only 23 seconds for its monitoring company to wow. pick up, which is pretty fast. Although it's still 23 seconds, you'd like not to have to wait. But what makes it unique and why we did like it is that uh, with that device and only that device, you have one option: you press the button, you wait for the monitoring service to pick up. But if you press and hold the button for more than, I think it was like five seconds, then it got, dials 911 directly and you get to speak to 911. You don't have to wait for these jokers to pick up and communicate for you. And that makes it unique. And that actually made it, it's kind of a, in the sense of these medical alert devices, it stands out far above right. the others because of that ability. It seems like the ultimate solution would be 
a very, very, very small cell phone that only called 911. Well, it was waterproof and you could wear it around your neck. Well, and, and so the ultimate solution, I think, is that as we were finishing up our tests and finishing writing our article, Apple Watch came out with basically, you know, app embedded apps that will help seniors do these things. And so if you have a lot of it's an expensive option. I mean, these Apple Watches are not cheap. And they're complicated. Well, they're not complicated for this because they basically Apple has realized that there's a market, you know, there's 3 million people have already bought these other devices. There's a market for Apple Watch for seniors. Not many other people are buying Apple Watches really. And so I do think that that is something worth considering actually because Again, it's kind of an expensive solution, but so is Great Call's lively mobile device, the one that we actually liked. I mean, it's that thing costs, you know, for the first year of service and the device, it's like $400. Uh, the Apple Watch is going to cost you about that much, maybe a little bit more. And the Apple Watch does all kinds of other stuff. And it does other stuff, right? It's not just a uni-tasker thing. You can do other things with it if you can figure it out. And it's, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, one thing Apple is doing is they built fall detection, into its watch so in theory if you fall the watch will detect that call and start calling 911 for you and a lot of these other devices offer that also and i can tell you that was a disaster for us in our tests uh, we would pick up a box from one desk and set it down on another and the thing would think we had fallen and start calling for help it was ridiculous uh, some of these devices that was a bigger problem than others uh, but I don't really recommend getting this fall detection technology at all unless you're you know, basically your your parent or the person you're getting it for is bedridden and there's a real concern that they might fall out of bed and people might not find them for hours and hours and hours. Because I, I'm telling you, we had paramedics showing up at our, our office door several times because they thought there's some emergency when somebody just moved the thing. And sometimes they would just go off on their... These things were setting off false alarms, Bradley, on the UPS truck during shipment to our office. It almost so seems like it's they absurd. would be banned. Well, and they should be. And so if you talk to the 911 center managers, which we did, they all said they're a menace. They're a bad, bad word, menace. Yeah. And, and one of the problems that they that they have with them is these, these false alarms. They're just, you know, constant false alarms. And then the monitoring service calls in and says, well, we, ha we have a, a customer who's had this emergency. And they say, well, what's going on? Well, we don't know. Right, and they have no information, and so then then the nine one one center has to decide whether to dis dispatch someone to that address or not, or try to find them because they have location service. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases. We found the location services on the devices are just terrible. They have no idea where you are half the time. So uh, read the full report. It's at checkbook.org. I think it's worth, worth looking at, but just know going in that we, we had a big problem with a lot of these, these things. Do you want to do fitness centers now? Sure. Because I'm really interested different. in the, the whole thing, the, how they try to get you in there. And once they get yeah. you in there, what they try to sell you and do to you and the experience and the whole thing. So yeah. tell me how you set this fitness center. Well, so we evaluated, uh, as we do with, with most services, uh, you know, sometimes we'll do you know, a whole investigation where we're testing out medical alert devices. Often what we're doing is we're just asking uh, consumers here in the area, you know, uh, which 
fitness centers or gyms or auto body shops or plumbers or roofers or whatever it is, which have you used and asking them to rate them? And, and, and there's lots of sources of ratings these days. I mean, there's, there's Angie's List, there's HomeAdvisor, there's all kinds of different places that purport to rate these businesses. And I think that, not I think, what one thing that does make Checkbook unique is that, first of all, we're nonprofit. Uh, we're not looking to make money off your transaction or anything like that. Uh, we don't even take ads from the businesses. And I think that's important that a lot of these companies out there these days that offer ratings of local businesses are just looking to sell ads to the businesses they're supposed to be evaluating. Uh, and they're not really evaluating them at all anymore. They're just, they're looking to refer you to businesses that are paying them for those referrals. So that, that makes us different. But so for health and fitness centers, we collected ratings from consumers. Uh, we also had our undercover shoppers uh, call these places and collect information on how much they charge to be members. Uh, and then we have a long, you know, kind of an article on you know, advising you on, on memberships. And there's a lot of boutique gyms these days and what those are all about. Are they worth it or not? Uh, but I think that the, the heart of the story is that um, that these, these fitness facilities, gyms and boutique gyms, and even people who make exercise equipment that you can buy, uh, they really count on good intentions uh, to make their sales. That, that most people who buy exercise equipment, most people who join these gyms or these boutique classes or whatever, uh, have great intentions. Ah, this is finally it. This is you know, my New Year's resolution is to get in shape or to stay into shape or get in a better shape or get back. And most people don't keep that up over time, that, that, you know, getting in shape and following a regular exercise routine, if it's not something you're doing already, is like quitting a bad habit. Uh, and it may be even more difficult than quitting most bad habits. Uh, it's, I think everyone kind of knows it's hard to get motivated sometimes to get up and, and go to the gym or get up and go to that class, especially if it's a, a, an activity that you don't really enjoy. Most people don't enjoy pushing and pulling on weights. And it seems like a great idea. It seems like something they want to do uh, until they actually are signed up to do it. And then, and then their, their motivation flags. And, and these gyms really count on you not using them. They really, if everyone who signed up for a gym membership used the gym, uh, they wouldn't be able to sell as much. It's you know, like they, a 10,000 seat arena selling 60,000 tickets. They count on 50 to 75% of their paying members never showing up, basically. Uh, yeah, it's like the airlines overbook, except now we're instead of overbooking by 10, 20%, these gyms overbook by 50% or more, uh, and they're fine with it. And so I think what's interesting, though, is that it used to be these gyms really pushed hard and really gave a hard sell on long-term memberships. People would show up, tour the place, and they would just grind away at these people until they got them to sign on the, on the dotted line for a three-year membership. That wow. was the, kind of the goal. Um, things have changed a lot. Now, when you go for the tour, most of these places, they may give you the sell. They may, you know, they may, you know, review your motivations and everything. But what they've realized is that it's not the term that they need to sell. They just need to get you to sign up for any old membership, even one month. Because once you're signed up, they've realized once you're signed up for these automatic payments to your credit card, to these automatic debits from your checking account, Man, you'll just keep paying and paying and paying, even if you never go back. Why is that? Uh, because what happens is you, you get feel the, like you're going to the gym if you're paying to go well, to the gym. Well, no, because you get the credit card bill at the end of the month and you say, ah, yeah, $40 for the gym. I never, I didn't even go this month. Ah, well, next month I'll go. Yeah. And so, you know, and also it's also, it's a bigger pain to cancel right. these reoccurring payments. It seems like it than it is to actually, you know, ah, 
I'll just keep paying it, is you know, because it's a hassle Easier to, to pay cancel this thing. So I can avoid the hassle of yeah, canceling. Right. I have to call, and then they're going to talk, trying to talk me into not canceling, or or then you forget. Oh, they say you have to come in in person. Right. Or you have to come in in person. Um, and so, you know, I do think that you know, if you're thinking about joining a gym, especially if you haven't been a member before, really carefully, kind of evaluate your motivations here. Don't think. If you're thinking that I'm going to join a gym because paying $30 a month, $40 a month, whatever it is, that 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 alone, that financial payment, that will be the incentive I need. Well, no, that won't work. <laughs> there has to be some other incentive. And largely it has to do with you either either adopting that gym, you know, that it's a habit. It's something you do on your way home from work, or on your way into work or whatever your your schedule is, that it's just something you do. Uh, as part of your routine, that that will work, or finding something you really like to do will help. Like, I don't belong to a gym, but I do play basketball three times a week if I'm wow. in town with friends. And, and so, like, I, I'm not saying I live for it. Like, I'd rather spend time with my kids and stuff, but I really look forward to doing that. And so, it's a nice balance. I look forward to doing it, and it's really fun, and I enjoy myself when I do it, right? So, you know, I think it's that kind of thing. That, so, it's one reason why these boutique gyms have really taken off. Uh, is that they're first of all they're really expensive. Some of these places are charging twenty, thirty dollars not per month, but per class. It's crazy, and so they have a different selling technique in that they're offering you something where okay, we only offer this one thing, but you're going to get individual attention, and on, on top of that, you're going to be in these classes not every time with the same people, but it's going to kind of be the same group, and you're all going to have the same kind of vocabulary. That's why CrossFit has taken off. It's almost become kind of a cult where they have their own language and their own activities and their own, you know, the same kind of shared goals and it's competitive. Uh, it's really kind of pulled them together. It's something that people enjoy doing as opposed to just going to the gym and pushing on weights. I mean, most people just are never going to enjoy that. But it's still about good intentions. And I think that it's it's a you know, even buying treadmills and stuff. Like, oh my God. I mean, there's you, that. First of all, don't buy a treadmill. Like, because there's so many available for free because everyone's trying to get rid of one, right? Uh, that you can usually find them on Craigslist for hardly anything. But the reason is, is that people have these great intentions. Oh, yeah, I'm going to use that thing. And then, you know, they just, they, whatever, they hang their laundry on it as a drying rack. Well, yeah, you stuff. need a space for it in the garage right. is yeah. what it is. So you um, play basketball. And, you know, and I, how about your knees? Yeah. Do you, are your knees on the blink? Are they holding up okay? I've had a few surgeries. You have? Yeah. A um, few surgeries. A few surgeries. Like, you know, but. Did you um, ever bust a finger? Yeah, I think I've broken all of them at this point. By stubbing, oh, yeah. stubbing the ball yeah, right in? Yeah. That must hurt. That hurts. You must bad. love it. It's my back that's really starting to suffer. Is it worth it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. 100%. The yeah. surgeries, the back, the fingers broken? The, the surgery was tough. <laughs> the surgery was tough. I mean, that was that was a hard. What does your wife say? Go I, ahead, honey. So, so these games don't. We don't start. We'll start like, saving for the next surgery. Right, we don't start until like eight forty-five, nine at night. So, I think she's happy to have me out of the house at okay. those hours. So, you know, the kids go to bed. And how like? How long do you see yourself doing this? Are you going to be as Tom, Tom Brady I, of as basketball? As long as I possibly can. <laughs> you love I mean, it. There's, there's you love a couple it. guys out there older than I am. The problem was when I started playing with these guys like 20 years ago, I was considered the young guy, the quote-unquote young guy. Yeah. Oh, you young guys go over there, and you know there were too many. The young guys went over, and, and now like when they say, oh, well, the young guys, I've realized they're not talking about me anymore. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they're not, not talking you. You about me. You go over there. No. 
That's great. So, and so that's what you do for the. Uh, that's 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 pretty much. Did I, you mean, ever, I do a lot of hiking. We've talked about hiking before. Did you ever go through the gym membership sign up no. procedure? No. The only time I've ever been in a gym ever uh, was to do uh, checkbook shopping stuff, like to to you know see what the the pitches were like and kind of. Because yeah, it used to be really bad. These places really used to give the hard sell. Yeah. And you'd say, well, you know, I need to think about this. I should talk to my wife. Oh, do you always talk to your wife about every decision you, need, you make? It was just what kind of man are right? you? Exactly. And then, you know, yeah. why, you, know you, do, you need to commit. You know, if you don't commit to doing this. Oh, and then they'd offer you the discount. They still do this. If you sign today, this is the price I give you. Right? They don't but want if they you. They know come, if you, you walk out that today, door, oh, you are not coming never back, coming man. back. No, man. It's um, like walking. It truly yeah. is exactly like walking into a car dealership. It, and it's gotten. I guess what my point is. It's as a consumer advocate. I, it's. I begrudgingly say that most of these places have gotten a lot better about their selling practices. They don't really put the screws to you the way they used to. Um, they still sometimes sometimes do say, "Well, this is a discount today. I don't know what I can do for you tomorrow." And that's total BS. They can offer you that the next day. They all still kind of cross out a price. Oh, the, our current special is whatever, and it's going to end at the end of the week. And that's all crap. And too. today they, only we no. will waive the right one time it's, sign up fee. You, you get the same kind of offer, or or it's you know New Year's you know uh, resolution specials or bikini get in shape for bikini season specials. And There's the, always once, the once a year time. friends yeah. and family are. Oh, uh, yeah. But I, I will say that, that uh, especially here in Massachusetts, before you join, also check and see what your health insurance plan offers. Many health insurance plans here in New England offer big discounts uh, joining gyms. We found actually some of these programs are, are good deals. And some of these uh, health insurance plans, they'll reimburse your cost. So up to whatever, $30 a month or something, if you join a participating club and you go enough. Now, that's, that's the key. You have to go. You may have to go twelve times a month to get the discount. But then there's some motivation to, okay, then I'll get you know whatever thirty dollars. Right. So you, you talk about boutique fitness centers. Yeah. What, what exactly do you mean? And can you give us some examples? Yeah, well, there's there's lots of different ones. Um, there's there's something called Flywheel and Fly Bar, and there's I mean, and there's just a bunch of different companies does that does that make them. Is it just that they're small? Yeah, or do they have some these, other gimmicky angle. Most of these places, they're not real. They're not gyms that you would you know maybe you and i would uh, expect that you know, a lot of times they're just it's a little studio they, they may have like one or two rooms that are set up as classrooms or dance studios or you know if it's a one of these bar classes they have you know the the whatever the bars the ballet bars yeah. in there if they're pilates studios they may have some i don't know man pilates equipment yep uh what makes them unique is that instead of having these, you know, fully equipped clubs, it's, it's, you know, facilities, they have one thing and, and most of them specialize in that one thing. And so they offer classes throughout the day. And what makes them different is, is that a lot of these places aren't counting on monthly revolving payments from their customers. They're counting on them just to pay per class. And so you pay as you go. That's, it seems like an advantage over paying every month through automatic payments. You never use the thing. With these things, if you stop going, if you don't use it, then you didn't. It didn't cost you anything. The thing is, a it's lot a of lot. these are really expensive. Sometimes it's like thirty-two dollars a class, uh, and even things like you know. And I think we, we kind of, I think probably should lump like CrossFit in with this, where they're offering one type of workout, one regimen at a franchised facility, uh, and and CrossFit's not not cheap either it's like 38 dollars or something like that per however they organize it so the difference is that that these things are, are 
I, I hate to, I hate it when people say, oh, well, they're for, you know, it's something millennials are doing. I mean, it is for sure. You know, younger people are more likely to use this type of arrangement than people who are our age. Uh, but, but it's become, I have a hard time understanding actually why it's become so popular, but it's mainly my obstacle is the cost. I can actually see why people might want to use it. So you and I were talking about, have you been in the gym? I mean, one thing that keeps me from going to the gym is I don't even know what I'm doing. Right. It's not the kind of workout I want to do, but even if it were, I wouldn't know what to do. I need somebody to help me out. And also you're there with a bunch of other people who are working out. I don't want people looking, you know, at least with basketball, I know what I'm doing. And of course, of course, my friends are going to make fun of me the entire time I'm out there. But that's part of the reason I'm out there. Yeah. And with these classes, because it's one activity, you get more individual attention. It's one kind of process it's really become um kind of uh as i said with with crossfit it's almost become kind of a cult it's they have their own language it's their own little it's their own community right as opposed to um you know most people who go to the gym want to go and work out and be anonymous and this is almost the opposite of that where there is interaction and a shared sense of belonging or have you come across in your research a place that there's i have walked by one sometimes there's really no one there. There's one person sits at the desk, but you go, you have this this card, and you you can go in there and you make an appointment. And there's all, there are only like three yeah. machines. Right. These these machines do everything. There's only like three people in the gym yeah. at once, <laughs> and you have to make an appointment, and it's really expensive. And I think that the machine has tutorials on it. That's kind of like a robotic yeah. workout master instructor yeah. what do you call those places I, i'm not sure either i mean i think that they're kind of trying to automate personal training yeah right exactly uh, and personal training is something that also it's, it's it's it continues to take off it's extraordinarily expensive uh you can save money on a personal trainer by kind of signing up maybe with a couple friends but the whole idea of a personal trainer is the, the kind of the one-on-one -on -one attention and as you and i were saying like if i ever got into going to the gym my best friend growing up is really big into working out and you know i think i would have to go to him and say you know show me what to do design a, a regiment because i have no idea what to do i know how to play basketball right but i don't know how to do this other stuff so they also have gyms that are just super expensive yeah deluxe gyms for rich people i guess that make they may try to make you feel like you're a member of a fancy club well yeah and and and, and some of these places are quite expensive i mean some the, the 150 month, 200 bucks 100, a month 150 yeah to join it's you know three thousand dollars to start uh I, I think that you know for some people uh they want to be in that luxury place they want to have you know an indoor lap pool and indoor tennis and all these facilities they want to be kind of um, hanging around with other rich people yeah i think that's part of it some of its status like in dc where i live there are some clubs where uh you know i had a uh, I, I, somebody I know who was, who was, you know, they belonged to a certain club and he was bragging about, you know, well, you get to see Supreme Court justices in the locker room or whatever. And it's like, like, I care about that. Right. But, you know, for him, he's an attorney and it was like a big deal, right. That he's rubbing oh, elbows right, with right, these right. people. But uh, I think that, you know, it's interesting because we evaluated all kinds of different uh, facilities here in the Boston area from the high end places down to the, the kind of the regular even YMCA's were part of our 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 those are pretty our, good our right evaluations. not bad uh, they, they for sure have facilities that are similar to some of the high end places um, you know whether or not they have a you know the same kind of towel service that these places have and all the different luxurious amenities is different I will say that the places that are really expensive there are other places that are are far less costly 
uh, whose customers rate them pretty highly for things like, you know, keeping stuff and working order and avoiding overcrowding and getting help from people who work there. And so you don't necessarily have to join one of these really expensive places to get great service. When I was going to the gym, I belonged to the gym and I found myself doing stuff that I could do at home. For example, I would jump rope a lot and I would lift dumbbells a lot and say, wait a minute, I could just get a dumbbell and a jump rope. And so I did. And that was that. So that, and one more bad thing, when you go to leave the gym, of course they get you there too. Say, well, you, Yes, you're, you'll be paying to the end of the month, and maybe there's a, some sort yeah. of... Uh, <laughs> but those are just, we just talked about a couple of the things, the medical alert devices and fitness centers. There's a lot more in bostonconsumerscheckbook.org. And thanks again to Kevin Brasler, the editor, for coming in and hanging out. I was it's, a, it's a pleasure. There you go. Another episode of the Jay Talking Podcast. Remember, you can always catch the show live every weeknight starting Sunday midnight to 5 on WBZ Boston's News Radio. You can subscribe to the podcast where you listen to podcasts and never miss an episode. And follow me on Twitter for show updates. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.